Hello, Glenridge Church. Welcome to our sessions at Sandy. We trust that you'll be encouraged and equipped through these podcasts. Enjoy. Well, so much for final goodbyes. My name is Sandy Van Furen, Counseling Psychologist, and today I greet you with great excitement for the fifth and previously unplanned episode of Sessions with Sandy. As you know, in the course of September, we looked at the ABCs of relationships, but that was not the end of it as I had anticipated, certainly. It was, however, not a case of popular demand, but more a case of being reminded by somebody, no names, no pectoral for now, that I had previously indicated that I also might have a D up my sleeve. And quite correctly so, it has been burning in my heart. And I I need to perhaps mention, I think it's pertinent, that I am giving some very careful thought presently to possibly embarking independently on a little journey that promises to take me onto a digital platform or two as a clinician. And I've been led to understand that you all will be kept posted should this perhaps come to pass. And I will then be doing further podcasts on that particular platform. But for now, let me proceed without further ado today with the discipline of discernment. As I was preparing for today's session, the story of collecting manna kind of popped into my head and I recalled vividly how some of the Israelites who had been tempted to collect more manna for the day than was needed because they didn't really feel like having to go out the next day, ended up with a whole lot of rotten detritus rather than palatable nourishment. And I want to say that for me, the collecting of discernment is not dissimilar. We can find ourselves sometimes wanting to take insights and discernment that previously held certain value in our lives and we want to superimpose that revelation into the phase or the place we find ourselves on a different day. So let me illustrate with an example. I might have had a stroke of insight, that discernment of how to deal with a certain challenge with my children when they were younger. If I take that manner, in inverted commas, that discernment, that insight, and I try to superimpose it on my children and dealing with them at a later stage, I could find myself in a spot of trouble. However, that doesn't mean that I can't take that revelation, that insight, that discernment, and share it with others who have younger children and find themselves in similar dilemmas. We really need to know that discernment is not just about getting it for ourselves and being so pleased with this prize that we've acquired. It is also something with which we can bless many around us. Not only did I recall the story of the manor, I also thought of Jen Wilkin. Jen Wilkin is an author and a Bible teacher from Texas. <laughs> Lots of good things come from Texas, that's for sure. And she tells a story of a friend who had been employed as a teller at the bank. And as part of their training, they spent days counting the dollar bills of different denominations. Unbeknownst to the trainee tellers, counterfeit notes were being put in after several days of their working with the real deal. These counterfeit notes were being slipped in between the authentic ones. And the telefriend of Jen Wilkin reported being able to immediately identify the counterfeit after having spent so much time working with the real. Now, I believe the same principle is worthwhile bearing in mind as we contemplate the discipline of discernment. 
The only place, in my opinion, where you will encounter the real and not the counterfeit that informs discernment is in the Word of God. And the Word of God says as much. I know, for instance, that Paul wrote in Philippians. It was his prayer for the Philippians. It has been my prayer for myself and many of my friends. And he said that he prayed that his perceptions would be informed by the love that he would see growing in them. And he said that as their love grew, I think in some of the translations it says that his prayer was that their love might abound more and more with knowledge and all discernment. Because what he wanted was that they might be able to approve what was excellent and in that way remain pure and blameless until the day of Christ. In fact, in Hebrews, we read about the Word of God being living and active. We're told that it's sharper than any two-edged sword, that that two-edged sword can pierce right to the division of soul and spirit and joints and marrow, and it's absolutely invaluable in discerning the thoughts and the intentions of the heart. One of my favorite scriptures still is Romans 12, where we are exhorted to just please don't be conformed to the world, but instead be transformed. And how? By the renewal of our minds. And when we are sitting with renewed minds, we can test and discern what is the will of God, what is good, and what is acceptable, and what is perfect. So I, I want to say at this point, there is an observation I'm going to make that lies very nicely in the heart of the previous session, which was the craving for connection. And it comes from the work of Henry Nouwen, upon whom I'm going to try and draw quite heavily in the course of the remainder of the session. And he says, any attempt to acquire discernment in isolation results in delusion, not discernment. He's unequivocal that community is required if we want to learn to discern. Now, interestingly, psychology has cited discernment as one of the singular factors that most significantly contributes to success and satisfaction. Having discernment, where to live, what career to pursue, what lifestyle best to embrace, which life partner to choose, whether or not to actually even choose a life partner at all, which I'm sure Paul would applaud. All of those require discernment. In fact, right down to how much my body needs to sleep and what food it needs to eat and what exercise and more. Psychology would attribute discernment and the concomitant favorable outcomes as the primary factor in that satisfaction that I spoke of a moment ago. Back to Henry Nouwen, because he wrote that book, well, it was actually collated by Dr. Rebecca Laird and Dr. Michael Christensen, but that book called Discernment. And in chapter six, he exhorts us to pay attention to the people in our path. So I'm not going to have the opportunity to elaborate on all the other sources of discernment, there are many, but he said that in his everyday life and his everyday conversations, he began to hear the voice of God anew. The Spirit of God seemed to speak directly through those people, unmediated by books or academic discipline. And he felt that people that we meet, some great in the eyes of the world and some almost invisible in the larger society, can often be conduits of God's wisdom. God speaks regularly to us through people who talk to us about the things of God. 
Certain people actually become like living signposts that point us to the right way to do something, the discernment that we're craving, whether in life or in memory. The people God puts in our lives can really help to guide and show us, can give us the discernment that we require. Now, again, time is catching up with us. And you all know I love getting to the application part and not just sticking to information only. So as I did right in the very beginning, I gave you ABCs. I'm now on the same tech of ABCs, but ABCs of a different kind. And it really is the implementation part of discernment. What does it look like? How? can we acquire this discernment? So the A is for alert. Be alert. The Bible instructs us to walk in a circumspect way. In other words, we've got to look around. We've got to keep our antenna up. We mustn't walk around like fools, but as the wise, because the days are dark. We are told this very clearly in the Word. I think it is Ephesians. And that we need to understand what the will of God is specifically. In other words, if we are alert, we'll be aware of error and we will be able to challenge that error wherever it presents itself, whether in literature, the news, other media. We need to be on the lookout. Then the B is for biblical. And I think you've already picked up from what I've shared this morning that biblical for me is an imperative. Remember the story of the dollar bills with which I started. Bank workers study genuine money, not counterfeit bills, so that they can recognize bogus money. Similarly, we must study God's word so that we can quickly recognize error. It's important to anchor our lives in God's character and know his standards for unchanging truth. Please, it is one of the best ways for us to resist being drawn in by empty, ever-changing philosophies like Paul spoke about when he wrote to Timothy. I move on to the last, and that is the C for courageous. We need to be courageous. When we identify sources of error that might be influencing our lives or the lives of those we love, we need to be able to take a stand, to speak the truth in love, of course. We don't want to just be speaking truth, can be very harsh, or just love and then not actually present the metal of truth. So it's a useful exercise to listen carefully to what people are saying and then always filter it through God's word, regardless of who is speaking, regardless of the context, whether it be the words spoken by preachers, teachers, psychologists, authors, uh, talk show hosts, radio speakers, whoever. All teaching is to be judged by the eternal word of God. And John 17, 17 talks about this beautifully. So there you have it. I started with the ABCs in the beginning of September and I end with the little ABC here in October. Remember again, A for alert, B for biblical and C for courageous. Have the courage of your convictions which are rooted in the immutable word of God and you will find yourself being in a place of discernment acquisition. So, as always, I end with my closing line to you. Remember that it is not this information that I've shared that will bring the transformation in your life. It's the application of the information. And on that note, I say thank you again for taking time to listen today. Goodbye for now.
Thank you for joining us. If you have any questions for Sandy, please email hello at glenridge.org.za. Your questions will remain confidential at all times.